You're listening to Gold Tea Negator, welcome back, and this show is going to be all about New Orleans, and we've got little Freddie King to start it off. Absolutely, um, little Freddie King. Now, if you don't know who he is, <laughs> you need to go and check, just him, go out. check him out. Uh, he's on. He's on a documentary called um, "I Am the Blues" with Bobby Rush, which is pretty cool. And uh, he's also he's also very very sound. Like he's he's really nice to talk to. And I know that sounds like I might be talking rubbish. So how about um, how about you find out? I, I, we just uh, prove that. I. What's to know about Slim Harpo? Oh, Slim Harpo, okay, yeah, he, he, he was a great friend of mine. I was working on the riverfront, and uh, I was rabbit down at the time, I wasn't in the union. And uh, Boogie Bill Webb, he introduced me to him. So we was out there working, so he said, Freddie said, you tell me you plays, huh? I said, yeah, I play every weekend by the Sanctuary Lounge. 
He said, well, could I come out there and uh, sit in with you? I said, sure, man. I'll be oh, glad for you. I love your songs. Like, rain in my heart and scratch my back. So I love that. And so showing up that Friday night, he came over and sat in and blowed and played two or three songs with me. And I really enjoyed that. And that's how I come by meeting Slim Hoppers. That's amazing. Worked, that, I, mean, you worked together on a riverfront toting bananas. How cool is that? I know. So his dress sense is amazing. Amazing. I amazing. I absolutely. He was sitting. So so when I did this interview with him, he was sitting. With, <laughs> he was sitting with this um, kind of cream white um, like zoot suit almost with a, like a fedora with a sugar skull on it and the shades. And I thought. I love you. You are cooler <laughs> at eighty-one than I could ever wish to be. Than now, and and he's still out. He's out there making music. Uh, well, you heard a, a wee song there, and um, although it was funny when you said about Zoom, <laughs> I know, I know, I, I know. He was like that to me. He says, "No, we don't have Zoom. We don't Zoom. We're old guys. Um, we Zoom in the car, but that's about it." Uh, but yeah, so we have had. The, the most amazing week actually haven't yeah, we? yeah we spent we spent um so obviously we're, we're not always together and and the fact that we were able to spend the two or three days together talking to people like um Sonny Landris and and Mark Broussard and and little Freddie King and, and DK and I think I think we're very very blessed I mean I, I honestly I, I don't believe that I would have imagined a year ago me doing this like and I certainly wouldn't be doing it with anybody else. Like, I, you need to know that. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's important, you know, that, that this connection is, you know, is relevant to what we do. But the fact that we are, you know, we're lucky enough to actually have the, you know, I mean, I know I hustle a bit, but I mean, like, that's there's a bit of luck there, I think, yeah. I know, but Mark Broussard. Yeah, I know. I tell you what, uh, what a lovely guy. At first, you know, when when the the meeting time was um, was messed up, I was like, oh, I hope it's not because he's too famous for us, because it's just a wee show, and because like we invest in it as much as he invests in everything he does, eh? Mm-hmm. And I I just said as much to him, and and he was like, no, brother, no, not at all. And it was like I felt like suddenly back on the same level as him, and that was a it was a quite a surreal experience to be honest. Um, you know, even for me, like I mean, uh, you know what I mean? Like I, I that's the truth. Like I did feel quite quite mental at that point I was like what <laughs> you know but it's so cool so well, cool we've had various moments of that <laughs> this last I know this whole weekend has been filled with um, amazing people um, and I can't wait till the next show because see some of the people that's going to be on that oh my god mm-hmm. you know it's going to be so cool um, one in particular actually your man mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mr Johnson um, like I think, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah. I was jogging your memory because there has been a few, and I know it's. I know it's a bit more stressful for you. I have to say though, um, you know, t- two two of these, Mark Broussard and and a future that I'm not giving away just now, um, have been so lovely with Aspen. <laughs> I know. I, she's, I know, you know, she's in here going, "Hello, can I say hello?" Although she did totally bottle it didn't she uh, but um, yeah, Mark uh, Broussard gave her a lovely message and honestly I couldn't wait till she got home <laughs> oh, no, oh, no, it was like Christmas again eh? Aye, so um, abs- uh, honestly um, we have been absolutely blessed 
um, to to speak to these people, and they are just so so lovely. I, and they're actually they're actually on the same page as us. They want the same things as us. They've just got more means to do it. So I think that's pretty cool. And I think it's pretty cool. They still remember where where it is they started and and what it is they're trying to achieve. Because we're trying to help them with that, whether it be one tiny wee step at a time for us. The mo at the moment, I mean that's going to change. I'm I'm confident that our effort will, will come through. Um, but uh, on another note, um, so you heard uh, little Freddie King there, right? So mm -hmm. this is the interview that you weren't present for. No, no, yeah. I was in a show. Yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> so um, that was I. Uh, it was hard to navigate to start with, you know, just the volume and everything else, but and the technology and everything else, but. You'll notice that the first thing I asked him was, um, so I heard a rumour about Slim Harpo. Now, anybody in the blue scene knows Slim Harpo, eh? And the fact that he was friendly with him and, and Slim Harpo actually asked to sit on his gig was so cool. So um, we've got our Slim Harpo song just to get the, the mood going, eh? Yeah, so we've got Slim Harpo and then I think we'll, we'll go back over and, and have a, another wee bit of chat from Little Freddie King. Yeah, go so for it. enjoy. <laughs>
Oh yeah, right. I used to dance all the time when I played everything. So I have the, the music that was all in my bone, all in my soul. And so when I started playing, I couldn't help but to dance. <laughs> so it did so good, you know. But you slowed so down. I slowed down <laughs> on the kind I got in a bad bike accident. <laughs> I was making about 75 miles an hour, 65, 70 miles an hour on my two-wheel Cadillac. <laughs> going down there to the store the next morning because I had to play at the DBA that Thursday night. And when I get off, it's 2 o'clock, and they everywhere is closed. <laughs> and so I goes down that early just to break a dawn, you know. Yeah. Fast as I could go, get my cigarettes and my orange juice. And the guy was working on a house there, and it had some llama on top of a garbage can. Lord have mercy. And I ducked out from the garbage can, and I didn't see the llama, and I hit the llama, and the llama carried me in the bike over, and I knocked my shoulder out of place, and I busted four discs in my neck. So you don't dance no more. And so that messed my spine up, and that's why I can't dance anymore. How cool is that to hear, eh? It's so sound like, honestly, I, 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 I was... I was like a wee 14 year old girl mm-hmm. with, my, with my skirt above my eyes you know like talking to him I just thought like this is so cool I've been listening to his music for a long time and and you know like knowing that he comes I mean this is one of the guys that still comes from a very very relevant hardship mm-hmm. he used to, he, I mean he grew up um, I mean I'll let him tell you himself but he grew up actually by um, you know like working in the cotton fields with his dad and you know everything else and it's quite mad that um, that there's you know he's still he's still talking about it and he's joking about it and mm-hmm. you know it's quite it is quite it's quite surreal don't you think you yeah know? absolutely so he went from there to New Orleans which is where he is now and um, and he, he definitely dresses for Mardi Gras every day doesn't yeah, he yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely um, so he's he matches his clothes to his guitar and honestly I, I've never it's seen so him look cool. like anything other than it really cool awesome. even, even when he was younger he was cool yeah he sent me a picture um, of him with the crown in that one sure mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know posted saying thanks for being interested in me and, and everything else and I think I suppose it's a relevant bit, piece of gratitude to have because he's had a long career but at the same time, um, you know, he's still relevant to, to what we are doing. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's, he's a shining light for, for the younger people who we've got on the show as well. Um, I think um, like people like Mark Broussard and, and DK are, are like very important people to have in, the, in this kind of genre um, because they're doing good things to preserve music, but also to, to make it fresh, you know, yeah. to make it new. Mm-hmm. And in New Orleans, I think the reason this uh, show is so important is because um, it's culturally what I would call the center of the, the center of the states. I mean, you know, it's got so much um, diversity, so much uh, party life, so much um, openness, and and so much struggle. You know, it's it's had so much struggle. It's had a lot of a lot of gang warfare. It's had a lot of like um, uh, misfortune with Katrina. It's had a lot of people struggle, and yet they still keep doing Mardi Gras. They still keep making great music they still keep dancing and singing and and I think that if everybody had that kind of drive to to sustain um, good feeling in in times of hardship I think the whole world would be a bit better for it like yeah Mm -hmm. and I I just like the way I said all that absolutely 
I was quite impressed with myself there. I didn't even stutter or sound like a gypsy. That was pretty good. <laughs> Pat me on the back right now. Okay. Pat me on the back now. Thank you. Um, oh, yes, thank you. So we're going to have um, a, another song from Little Freddie King, Nighttime in Tremay, and, um, and then another wee snippet of conversation. So don't go anywhere. <laughs>
heard a story about you when you were young, you know, when you were very small, uh, that you grew up in the cotton fields with your dad. Oh, yeah, right. They used to, used to, I grew up on a farm in the cotton field, and I used to go out there and pick cotton, you know. We'd get leave at 4 o'clock in the morning and go pick cotton with you on it. When the cotton is wet, it, it weighs a little, look, give, give it a couple pounds, extra pounds. And so we wasn't getting no more than like about 10 or 15 cents a pound. And so I go out there when the dew is on and be wet, and I get me a hundred pounds, and I have about 50 pounds of cotton, and I have about 50 pounds of water. That's a good way to do it, like, I, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> when the moon is shining at night, we go out there at night and pick cotton until 11 o'clock at night. Oh. Trying to get a veil of cotton. Trying to fill up the, the cotton house. Is there anything you would like to tell younger people in Scotland? Well, actually, like the young people that playing said they asked me whether they going to play the blues like me. I said, no, there's no way they could play the blues like me because they don't have the heart and soul and have been through hard tribulation and hard time. And they automatically let the electronic and play the digital artificial music. Yeah. And they use picks, which is a false sound. And see, they use too many foot pedals, and that's an automatic digital uh, electronic sound. There's no heart and soul in that sound. So they should do what they want to but do. If you, but, but that's what, what they want to do. But they they getting by. They That's on the laser side. They let the, let the electronic play it. There's no heart <laughs> and soul. <laughs> it's just a lot of noise. <laughs> no soul and heart to it. You, you can't right. shout from it because it's not coming from the heart and soul. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. So... There we go. There's your man. That's the first uh, big name of the way, yeah? Little Freddie King. I uh, think it's it's amazing that we have just heard from somebody who, um, you know, and, and we have spoken to um, somebody who lived through what, what the blues is about, you know, yeah, where, it, where it started kind of thing, you know what I mean? Um, I, I, I think that's... Amazing considering we're. I know. think I think um, um, he's maybe called Little Freddie King, but he's a Goliath name in the blues scene. He's a Goliath name for um, places like, uh, you know, Louisiana and, and New Orleans in particular. And, you know, um, I think, I actually think that um, people like that need to be listened to a lot more just now before it's too late to hear what they've got to say about this music because it comes from a very real place. I mean, um, I don't particularly agree with everything he said about the, the younger generation playing music however I do agree with most of it and a lot of it is more about technique rather than about feeling and he he plays with complete feeling and I think um, everybody who everybody who's on our show always plays with feeling we don't really play anybody who doesn't and I think mm-hmm. that that's um, I think that that's a preservation that needs to, needs to be really really important in this particular um, area of music but um, like I said I mean New Orleans is a perfect example of um, preservation like I mean you know 
We've got one special song actually on this uh, show today from a hero of mine that isn't, isn't really blues, but it, is, it does very much sum up New Orleans in a time where it was almost shunned and forgotten about and not helped nearly as much as it should have been, you know, mm-hmm. during Katrina. So I think, I, I, I that's what I think about it. I mean, I, I'm being maybe over-opinionated and I'm maybe being a bit too... Bit too invested in what I think about it, but I, I certainly feel humbled by these people who t- took the time for us, um, and you know, most importantly, that they trust us with their music. You know, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. a big that's a big deal because we ask them specifically and 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 individually, you know, for their music, person to person, and that's that's a relationship builder right away because you're asking for them to give up something that they invested a lot of their heart into, mm-hmm. you know, for the sake of trusting you with themselves. it. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So, um, But the next guy we've got on, I think this is this shows you the other side of New Orleans. That, uh, he is New Orleans to me. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I, everything. I tell you what, though, the, the other one we've got, though, the, the, the Mardi Gras one, mm. not, not Mark Brassard, the other one. Um, is is pretty cool. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, that is also speaks New Orleans to me, and yeah. and it's like a, a cultural thing that people probably don't mm. they, won't, they won't have heard. They not, won't have heard. Not, I don't think. Not unless, um, not they've unless they've been, you know, kind of been there or watched that one thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> pretty so, much. Um, so we've got Doctor John down in New Orleans, and um, I love I love this one. I was singing away, dancing about. Uh, is it oh, your favourite film or yes. something? So, uh, <laughs> and, and I, I love Doctor John because he's so cool. Uh, well, he was so cool, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, he was also he was like New Orleans. He was never anything else than Doctor John. Mm-hmm. He was never something that he felt he had to be to be successful. He was never he done what he wanted to do till the till the day he died, and and he done it well. He done mm-hmm. it well because he invested in it. He's he was like the, the the white piano version of Freddie King, almost mm-hmm. little Freddie King, you know. He had the same persona. He had the same out there and and like in your face type look and very cool investment in the music and and also I mean like he had this amazing unique voice and, and I think you know all the amazing accolades he had, you know the Blues Brothers and and, and the, the film writing and you know I think uh, you know I think Doctor John is is to a lot of people in this scene. Um, a, a piano player uh, from New Orleans who has an accent and who is very talented mm. all of which is true but it was something else mm-hmm. he was a cultural icon he was a he was a, a statue of um, style for, for that area of the world and he was also a, um, a statue of style for people who want to play that music and that's yeah. what I think about the guy I mean you know amazing you know amazing Mm-hmm. Really? Absolutely. Um, so I hope you enjoy us. It's from it's Princess and the Frog. <laughs> Yeah. 
If that doesn't sound like New Orleans, then mm-hmm. you're, you're not going to get it. I know. <laughs> um, I think I, I think there's loads of there's loads of cool things about New Orleans too that it's overlooked. Um, the food. Uh huh. Um, I mean, the music itself is is crazy because it's got this very um, streetwise version of a very um, sophisticated music. Mm-hmm. I think you know it's almost like. You know, New Orleans jazz is different to any other you would hear. Yeah, New Orleans street now, jazz. There's a yeah. few. There's a few places in the world. Um, in fact, not even in the world. Let's just talk about America for a minute. Like, there are a few places in America that you have a particular style of um, the same genre. New Orleans stands out as one of the biggest. The Mississippi Delta, St. Louis, Chicago, and Texas. Mm-hmm. Those are the main ones. You know, like you know, I mean, the Texas Shuffle, the Chicago Shuffle. That's that you know. You don't get a Los Angeles shuffle. You know, you don't get a Wisconsin shuffle. You know, those are very um, culturally relevant to to that country, but never as much as um, how a brass band sounds playing blues music in New Orleans. That is something else. Mm-hmm. Indian chants and and percussion that that comes from every mode of making percussion. Mm-hmm. I think you know, like even talking about it now, it gives me goosebumps because. Uh, there's just something about that sound. It's just you can't you can't get it anywhere else. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I think that's why New Orleans will never ever die as a cultural heart of the, that country because um, you can't you can't replace that from anything. You know, mm-hmm. and Kevin Ruffins is, a, is is another one who who who's so involved in his hometown that that he's went back and he's created this monument. You know, the, the Marola Lounge and. You know, I just think everything about uh, everything about that city. Anybody who loves it, I mean, Sonny Landreth uh, is quite obviously very proud of where he's from. Um, it was cool that he was in Treme. It was cool that um, he, he, he was very, very scared about acting, and mm-hmm. and he did it because um, he cared about Treme and, and the situation that everybody was in. And I just think, you know, I just think it's a it's a it's a beautiful beautiful place and it's a beautiful subject talk mm-hmm. about so I'm going to shut up I'm just going to say if you haven't watched Tremé I highly recommend it um, you know if you're sitting thinking oh, I didn't know all this about New Orleans um, you, c- you can learn a lot from it but what what is really really cool is um, the fact that these there's musicians in it as themselves <laughs> 
You know, they're, they're yeah, in yeah. there as themselves playing. Oh, well, there's Doctor John. There's mm-hmm. um, there's Sonny Landreth. Um, there's a uh, not Little Wayne, the other guy, rapper. What's his name? I forget. Um, Steve Earle, who's a massive hero of mine. Um, obviously, uh, the the people who put it together are very um, talented. But I mean, like um, you know, John Butte, the guy mm-hmm. who sings. Um, Bring it on home mm-hmm. to to get her to stay. Yeah. Work. Uh, he's a he's a cool guy, um, and he is a cool guy to talk to actually. Um, and uh, the thing is, the, see these these guys are all very approachable. Like that's the other thing about it. It's like the the honesty in that that area of the world is is relevant to the people who actually live there. Yeah. Because all four people that we spoke to for this for this one show. You know, I mean, we've been very grateful for for everybody's time over the period of the previous and forthcoming shows. But I mean, the fact that we got four guys for one show, and all of them matter in their own right, uh-huh. and all mm-hmm. of them are the same. I mean, we their managers told us their managers told us that um, uh, like about half an hour or whatever, you know, because that's how long the meetings were uh, scheduled for. And at the end of the day, like we spoke to most of them for the best part of an hour. <laughs> I know. You know, just because they were just chatting about like what lockdown was like, and you know, mm-hmm. and what was your highlight actually? To be fair, Fiona, because you know, you you just sit there like a like a giddy wee lassie. But I know See, you've got an opinion on it, and you just don't want to come across like that giddy wee lassie that you're being. And um, so you know what we've got here is clipped out bits of the conversation that we felt were particularly relevant to this show but um and and so therefore you might not hear me at all <laughs> but I do participate and um I just I've loved this whole honestly this whole last few days I've felt that I've lived I'm living something else in life it's, it's well earned though I mean you you work hard as well in your own ways and and I think that you know when we were putting a show together I had to kind of I had to give you some kind of collateral to, to to make it worth you putting in the same as I was already prepared to mm-hmm. given that um, I had kind of cut off one part of my music career to do it you know and like um, you know to, to, to give me the time to, to invest in something that has some solidarity and some long, long, longevity you know mm-hmm. and and the fact that you know well we'll just aim straight for the we'll go straight for the heart we'll go Mark Brassard you know I'll ask him and if you know mm-hmm. and I think if he's as good a guy as he's and you know as he comes across which he is by the way I, like honestly I would buy everything he does because it's all for the best of stuff um, but I think you know you know I just thought you know he'll, he'll do it you know he'll do it because he'll understand where we're coming from mm-hmm. and he did so and you know, you know, I think it's the, the gratitude between both of us is pretty equal. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm as blown away by it all as you. I only went out there to get them, but mm-hmm. I mean, I'm still as equal as blown away when it happens. Like, yeah, and it's it's a learning experience for me as well because um, not being a musician, um, and and obviously I, I fire questions at you all the time, but having somebody else's take on it and somebody else telling me how they go about doing. You know, is is amazing for me. You know, um, so anyway, we're going to have a wee tune from Slim Harpo, and then we'll be back.
stop now. Let your hair down, baby. We ain't going to heaven no how. I'm ready to burn, baby. Right here and now. Oh, I dig those crazy clothes. Let me feel those fishnet holes. Cut low at the top and high at the bottom. In fact, I don't see how we ever did without them. down on the street they call a tipping in let's walk on down there baby that's where the fun began but let me check you just one more time mm-hmm. you know you sent me baby let's go on in here Suck it to me. You know it's getting good to me now. Ah, shuck. So cool, eh? So cool. And he happens to be the next person that we spoke to. Yeah, I'll tell you. Yeah, because we're gonna we're gonna play. I tell you. So this <coughs> is a this is a an exclusive for Scotland. We are the only person in this country, I believe, that's got his um, debut single, and it's incredible. So, just to give you an idea of the guy's quality as a musician, I've always called him the next BB King. He plays a particular style of blues that only BB King really did before, mm-hmm. you know. And it's nothing to do with the guitar. I don't think it's nothing to do with the amp. We were talking about that last night. Yeah. Um. You know, between us, we were saying, you know, I don't think it's that. I think it's how you use all of that stuff collectively, you know. And um, and I'm not going to spoil it by giving you all the reasons as to why that's true. But mm-hmm. honestly, when you hear him playing. Excuse me. When you hear him playing, you'll you'll see what I mean. In fact, I'm almost certain that you thought it was BB King at some point. I did, because you didn't tell me that's who. Well, I was confused because I thought, oh, that's BB King, but that's not BB King singing. Well, is that like? <laughs> um, and oh, and and, it, and out with our control, everything about this show became so relevant, didn't it? When you were when you think about talking to uh, Sonny Landreth. <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely, absolutely. Because um, uh, yeah, so we had a chat with Sonny about um, who his favourite musician was in the blues scene, and he said, "Well, you would have to talk about eras and areas and and different kinds, you know." And he talked, spoke about uh, he was still very much the the Robert Johnson fan, you know, that he that 
it's cliche, but you know, mm-hmm. for every reason possible, that that's why he loved him. But um, from the electric era, his his idol always was and always will be BB King. And and when we we spoke about the kind of the fact about like how um, he wanted to sound like his cousin Bucka White, who had who I played, that's the kind of stuff I would play. Mm-hmm. But um, the fact that he wanted that slidey sound, but didn't play slide, so he created this whole vibrato thing. That whole B- any guitar player listening to now will know what I mean by BB King vibrato. That whole circular, amazing vibrato that he's got. His left hand, and um, that was why he created that, and it, and it certainly created this other sound. So anyway, this wee guy, just a young boy, he's already done so much, you know, with his career, and and he's not even full time at it yet, you know. And this this wee guy is honestly. Um, we were on, we were on talking to him for ages. <laughs> I In fact, I was thinking, oh, okay, time we better, we better actually wrap this up. That poor guy's probably got things to <laughs> I do. I know. I just like <laughs> literally after his work, you know. <laughs> so um, I think, I think this uh, guy, you need to look out for him. He's played with Gary Clark Jr. He's done some cool stuff. Um, he's friendly with a lot of cool people that are very relevant now mm-hmm. as well in the, in the blues scene I'm not going to spoil it for you because I, I encourage you to go and check his website out DK Blues I, I encourage you to go and look into the wee guy and just give him a shout out and you know maybe just mm. even if you can't get a hold of him you know send him an email or, or even message me and I'll, I'll, get, I'll get in touch with him for you and get uh, yeah, his music for you and check out his um, you know yeah. all his social medias Um because he's done a lot and he is a genuinely lovely, lovely person. Um, so, you know, deserves all the good stuff. And uh, and honestly, oh, I could have talked to him. <laughs> I mean, I do. I'm a chatterbox, let's be honest. But yeah, I, I mean, with a, you know, it's like sitting with your friend. That, honestly, it's not like, it's not this big hole. Um, 20 questions, is it, really? No, see, that, Cause we that's... Because we were like that, you know, let's not work out what to I ask. Let's just, that? Uh. let's just sit down and, and see what he's like as a person first. You know what I mean? The first thing I said to Mark Rosard was like, you know, I'm so glad you showed up, thanks very much. I was starting to berate you there, <laughs> you know, because, you know, he's like, no, sorry, <laughs> my brother, it's just a mix-up and everything else. And he was really right back to right back to the exact same guy as I always thought he was. Uh-huh. And, uh, <coughs> and every single one of these people have been the same, you know? I like um, the, the the way that we go about all of this is just c- pure conversation um, because you get more out of a person that way for a start and, um, you know, if you're sitting there just asking questions, it, it can be quite stilted. So to just have conversation... Um, Improves our relationship with them as well. I I think I also I think um, this whole um, idea that we can give you a wee bit of an insight as to who they are as people before playing our music or after playing our music. I think it helps the listener connect with them on a on a slightly more personal level, so they actually get the music a bit more. I I, yeah. d- I don't know if I'm making sense. Uh-huh. I don't Absolutely. know if I sound like a hippie or no, but no, I, I really do believe that because that's how I feel. Like, I mean, I think. You know, I've always loved Sonny Landreth. I've always loved his music. I've always thought his playing's been amazing, and I've always got what he did. But see, after speaking to him and realizing that where exactly all of that came from, mm-hmm. I now listen to that music with ten ten more sets of years and 
10 more brains and mm-hmm. you know like you, you get everything and all that more and then you can mm. hear all the stuff he was talking about you know all the wee differences that he changed and all the stuff that he did different just to just to open doors for a, a, a genre of music that was very much getting forgotten about you know yeah and you know that's that's been our goal but um I, I mean, I, I still will not go over the whole. <laughs> like who we're talking to. <laughs> uh, however, um, as we keep saying, we're all human beings. You know, we should be able to just sit down and have a chat. But yeah, I, th- I think I definitely agree with you. If you, it gives you an insight to them um, as people, rather than um, you know who are you inspired by, who do you like listening to, what's your favourite. I mean, we do ask you know certain questions like yeah. that, but. Um, Usually just because we're nosy. Mm-hmm. Like, just because um, I want, <laughs> aye, I want to know who you're listening to. And aye, aye, I know them. <laughs> aye, aye, absolutely. And you know, it's never for anything personal. It's never for personal gain. I mean, it's nice to have a show with that kind of thing on it. And it, I suppose it gives that this show we have an extra special thing. But um, that's not really the reason. It's it's more what I was saying, you know, to give the the music the edge because the music's what they're investing their life into. So in order for people to invest into them and and the music, rather than just asking them to download this, the record, let's let's let them see what they're actually like. Let's let mm-hmm. them see that they're not just selling music to to make money. They're they're doing it because it's their lifelong. Um, passion and drive and, and I'll tell it's you one thing what, we it's spoke what to they think about before they go to sleep it's what they think about as soon as they yeah, and, and I mean like Sonny Landreth says you know well, you know, it's the reason he gets up in the morning is knowing that he, he can leave a positive mark on somebody's life mm-hmm. Mark Brassard said the same um, mm-hmm. we were speaking to, to somebody else I'm not going to tell you who who actually made an album that's been uh, that's been nominated for, for, for you know you know, for a yeah, BMA, yeah. and and um, he made it in ten days. Mm-hmm. He made it in ten days because it, because he was frustrated about his career getting washed away after all his life being put into it, and nobody was able to help or stop it. You know, mm-hmm. and it was just like because all of a sudden, his lifelong um, work had now become something that was surplus to requirement because that wasn't what was important now for everybody else or mm-hmm. or in the government's opinion because in actual fact anybody who's really honest with himself will agree that music is very important to, to surviving hardship mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter what <laughs> genre it doesn't matter what genre but exactly. you need something to listen to to escape to mm-hmm. you know especially if you're a, an introvert or if you don't have um, contact with a lot of people yeah and um on that note, I'm going to take a wee moment to say that um, we only have, you know, an, an allotted time that we can put these uh, bits of conversation in for you. But if you're interested in hearing the whole thing, then please go and check out and like and whatever our YouTube channel and our Facebook page because we have exciting news coming soon of how you can and it's Gaulty and the Gator. That's really simple, very easy to find. Uh, so as I said, check out our YouTube channel and like our Facebook page um, because we are going to make it accessible for people to hear all the bits and um, and you'll find out how to go about yep. it that and way. We'll even do a wee tailored scheme, I think, and we'll get the videos up to Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because everybody's oh. been very, very kind. No, but I mean, all the <laughs> artists, I mean, <laughs> we have now got 12 or 13 12 or 13 different um, 
different interviews, all with people who, like, if I told you now, right, you probably wouldn't believe me. You think I was selling you the show, <laughs> so I'm not even going to bother, right? But, um, but honestly, like, no joke. Like, I was like, some of them when they've actually messaged me, I've been a bit in tears about it. No, he does this. <gasps> oh, 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 and I think, oh, he's hurt himself. Oh my gosh, something's happened. What's wrong? What's wrong? <laughs> and he's going, yo, they've got back to me, and I'm like, see you. Goodness me, I'm having palpitations saying, no, what's happened? What's wrong? <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, and it just keeps getting better and better and better. Yeah, yeah. I absolutely. I mean, I just hope, I just hope that um, everybody, everybody appreciates it as much as we do. Mm-hmm. Because it is about the artists, it is about this music, it is about changing people's opinion on what they, they think when they hear blues show mm-hmm. or blues album or because it's not nothing like you would imagine absolutely not you I mean like, so far you've had a, a fabulous taste of some different stuff today and um, and there's more amazing stuff still to come um, what was that I was going to say something really exciting there and it's oh go for oh, it oh I'll tell you what it was I'll tell you what it was so you see I have actually viewed myself looking back at me from the zoom screen <laughs> And and have noticed that when when I'm paying attention to what someone's saying, I look slightly homicidal. I think it's just because your eyes go like big and like scream or like you know one of those demons, you know, like one of these Japanese horrors. <laughs> like, in fact, yeah. to be perfectly honest with you, if I saw your face without knowing who you were, <laughs> I could have sworn you were about to bounce at the screen. <laughs> you know, with the hair in front of your face, and that, you know. But I and then. And then I, I try, I try and smile, and then I become really paranoid <laughs> about resting witch face. But you know, mm-hmm. anyway, uh, so <laughs> we are going to have a, a wee, um, a wee bit of a, a chat here with DK Harold. And she'll ask questions that I wouldn't think to ask because I might know the answers. But the thing that stumped me <laughs> before uh, um, for you was the the notes. You know how one note. Has that, you know, yeah, it tells a story. That one note tells a story. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? I don't know if I'm explaining myself properly. Yes. That's why I started. No, yeah. You know. You did perfect. You did perfect. Uh, that actually is something that matters to me because I won't, I won't lie, I get, I get all types of criticism because I choose the single note style of playing. And I feel like chorus is you know, cool, it's fine. It structures the song and keep the foundation going. But I feel like when you add that that just that one note that could touch someone, it says to me it says more than chords. I mean if you have a if you're in college and you have a speech class and your speech teacher is reciting, you know, Abraham Lincoln's uh not farewell address, but his inauguration address, the class is gonna get bored. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, class um okay, we get four score seven years ago. But if the speech teacher comes in there and he just says, Okay, I'm gonna have you guys I'm gonna assign each of you a part of the inaugurational address. And I want you to analyze it and tell me what you've taken from that section of that address. Then it means something. Yeah, yeah. Because you added that feel. That one little part added that feel, it made that student think and feel okay well how do I how, how if I was back then how would I feel about 
you know, slavery and, and the states being split up and uh, racism and injustice. And just, it makes you, it, it makes the audience more, it makes it more personal, I should say. Absolutely. It makes it more personal. Can I just say, actually, about that whole chat, that um, I actually had more eyes open because um, it's cool to hear how he's um, interpreted um, playing like that mm-hmm. is taken from everybody else's point of view because you know I much I very much agree that um, you know like because I'm a slide player it's, it's a vocal quality that um, that is very hard to to explain but that's a pretty good example of how mm-hmm. yeah you know you know just one note just that whole um you know, like somebody in church, you know, singing that one, or like the opening line, amazing, amazing. that whole, like that, that, you know, that whole one note at the start mm-hmm. makes you listen. It makes you listen. It, it might be quiet, it might be, but everybody's focused on it because it's got such a powerful impact on the song. And I think that that's what, I, I'll tell you what, right, just put your song on because I think at this point, I just seem to be waffling about something that's going to be so obvious when you hear the song. Yeah, so but aside from, you know, obviously I'm coming at this as a, a person that knows nothing about music, uh, playing music, I mean. Um, but, you know, to to be able to do something different, I think, is, is a good thing. I don't, you know, I don't know yeah, why I, 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 people would want it to be old, you know. So I I don't even know if it's the fact that it's different. I think it's um I think it's more to do with the fact that um because the rhythm guitar, the whole foundation of chords and all that for a song to to sustain that body is very very important. So to actually approach guitar playing from the start and only want to do the, the other bit, I think that's what he's meaning. But mm-hmm. I mean, when you hear him playing, you'll see that he's not invested in that, so he can play really fast and do tapping and do all this other te- technical stuff. He's a, he's invested in the instrument in that in that manner so that he can speak to people. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like we we were talking. I I was texting him the other day, and he was saying that um, you know, he says, uh, you know, I appreciate you being on the show, but you know, wh- one thing I will say to you is um, I relate to you because. You know, we're we're for the same playground. He says, you know, you know, like uh, m- music's a universal language, and I just feel like talking, and I get that because that mm-hmm. is what it's all about. I mean, it's the uh, it's the best mode of expression ever. Yeah, mm. and <laughs> I thought you were to him now. No, no, I was just. <laughs> so, the other thing is, is uh, while we were talking, he gave me a, a bit of a food for thought over singing well aye because like anybody who doesn't know already Fiona's got a nice voice and she has the ability to sing however what stops her is um, she's she's very very scared of making that first note she's very scared of hearing herself and not being able to like it but the the the, the fact of life is for every person who makes music we are all scared of that at some point in our life it never occurred whether, to me to be fair. Whether it be whether it be your Grammy nominees or Grammy women uh, w- winners, um, or whether it be the guy in the pub doing the karaoke, there is one point in our lives that we have all been that person who is going to make a note 
in front of somebody and be be really scared about how it's going to sound, not only to us but to them, but most importantly to us. You kid on it's to them, but in actual fact, it's that you you might not like it, mm-hmm. and and if you don't like it, then you can't expect anybody else to like it. But you don't have to like it. The thing is, you only have to accept it. And the minute you can accept it, then you can improve it or you can do something about it. Mm-hmm. But until you make a noise, then you're you're just talking about it. You're just you know you're just a false you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a an absolute solid point in in any kind of art. I know, but see, just hearing it from somebody <laughs> completely <laughs> Some, different yeah. and somebody that that. You well, know. I was going to do this with every single person we spoke to for your benefit, right? No, but I thought, I, I didn't want to ruin your experience with doing these interviews, right? But I can guarantee that any musician listening to this will say, hey, we've all been scared at some point of hearing ourselves, but it's the people who are willing to put themselves out there and do it that actually become something with it. Whether it be satisfied with the singing or, excuse me, satisfied with them... Um, or guitar player, whatever it might be, it doesn't have to be. They don't have to be a professional musician after it. They, they just have to, they just have to be able to do what they set out to do. Mm-hmm. You know, and the only person standing between you and singing the note is you. Yep. Nobody's stopping. <laughs> nobody's stopping you. And in fact, the people all over the world that we speak to are all behind you as well. So, I mean, you know, give a break and just get on with it. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we have. The debut single. I go for it. I, I tell you what, this is amazing. Like I, I love this. It's like imagine BB King, like at the height he's playing, but at the start of his singing career. Mm-hmm. That's and that's what this is. Yeah, in my opinion, it's tremendous, is what it is. Don't give a damn about my heart. dreamed of a day without you I've only dreamed of the years that I need with you and tears I cry tears I cry every day for your warmth It's all wasted now And you're blind to see Just how much Just how much I really care for thee But you're too blind to see That you don't Damn about my heart. 
so low I've even started to drink, baby And I'm spending all of my dough I'm just trying to satisfy Your each and every need But the way that you have me, baby Preserved the traditional music, but brought your thing to it, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important. That's what that's what um, evolution should be like. Not putting a digital backbeat and then putting makeup on it. That's different. That's mm-hmm. changing it. You've not changed it. You've refreshed it, and that's that's important. That's that's the goal. I, f- I feel like music should be like uh, should be like when people go to. Uh, balls and parties and you have the waiters coming around and they'll see that your glass is half full and they'll freshen it up for you yeah that's what music is supposed to be like every uh a lot of people try to just come up with something new new but i feel like i I go by what bb said he always said that there's no such thing as new music it's just the same 12 notes being taken and arranged a certain way by yeah. a certain individual. Absolutely, yeah. And that's true. There we go. So if you can honestly tell me that you don't believe that to be B.B. King's carbon cutout, like, um, <laughs> I'm awful surprised. I was always blown away with his playing, but that being his first song, I mean, wow. Yeah, you know, I like, know. And he's got loads that he's written, so yeah, there's, I can't. I, I didn't. I deliberately didn't share that part of the chat because I didn't want to spoil. I didn't want to spoil um, his uh, his uh, news, but mm-hmm. um, and there is more of that chat that I'm going to share in the next show. I think because um, it, it's going to be about um, awards, success, and whatnot, mm-hmm. and we've got some cool folk like. <gasps> And I've just realised why. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And I've just realised that um, I forgot about one in particular where I was playing guitar with a guy, mm-hmm. and he's won the equivalent of seven Grammys, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and I can't believe it. Still, you know that I know. you know. So I mean, I, I, you know, I personally, as a musician like you, like like you know, let, let alone your involvement yeah. for me personally. I mean, I'm honestly, I'm. I, I don't know how to take it, you know, mm-hmm. you know. So, uh, right, let's bash on with the music, right? Because we've got loads to get through, and, and I believe that I've done too much talking here. So, this um, this next one is the um, Trimi Mardi Gras Indians. Yep, yeah, it's a, and it's what it's a song in particular. It's called the Wild Man Memorial um, Indian Red. Uh, it's from the 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 program Trimi, but um, you'll see exactly how powerful this music is. It's amazing. And, um, you don't even have to understand it, you just have to listen to it. Uh-huh. It's great, it's brilliant, honestly. Uh, so enjoy. Marie! 
Powerful is that? See, I've ordered my tambourine. Yep. Because that's all it is. And, and, and you can take the headdress off now. The song's <laughs> finished. Um, but I like the other one. Who Or what the words are. I mean, I don't speak. I don't know about that. I mean, but I mean, it goes. Sounds alright. So let's get into the cream, right? Um, first massive act. Mm-hmm. Right, um, this is humbling for me. I mean, obviously, I've I've bought the magazines that have included them. There's only ever been two artists that have ever made me specifically buy a blues, uh, a, a guitar magazine, and knows where Michael Messer, mm-hmm. um, who is also a friend, um, and and a very good friend actually at this point because he supports my music career incredibly. Like honestly, if if I told you again, you probably wouldn't believe me. And the guy's done more than you would ever believe. He listened to my radios. Yeah, I mean, his pal was <laughs> actually in tea and biscuits apparently. Uh, was, oh, I was like, oh look, 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 he's there. You can see. Yep. <laughs> I mean, he was on the things and he's, he, you know, Johnny Cash wrote his sleeve notes. So my, so at this point, anything he does, you know, he could fart something. You know, right? right? So mm-hmm. it's pretty much, he's pretty much a golden person in real life. But um, but he's a massive supporter of my career. Mm-hmm. But he's also one of the main reasons that I ever bought a guitar magazine, you know, because I wanted to learn to sound like what he could sound like, mm-hmm. and, or or at least close, or at least understand how he sounds like that and and how he makes it effortless. And the other guy, and I still haven't got anywhere near any of the ability that he's got, 
as Sonny Landris and, and these two people <laughs> both spoke to us and I feel like I could greet the news just telling you um, but Sonny Landris was just as equally as amazing to talk to as Michael Messer I know and we were there for ages and then said to him you know I'm sure you've got better things to do and he said absolutely not better but I do have other things unfortunately I'm gutted to have to leave the chat you know yeah it was lovely and, and we're going to chat again and there's going to be there is actually some big news that Fiona's going to need to get the finger out of so that we can get going with it but but he will be involved, so will DK wow. Harrell, mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. so will some other people. The Prince of the Delta Blues will also be involved. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's uh, let's get uh, so let's let's get on. With this, this is the, the first bit of chat with Sonny. Oh man, I love it. You know, he's uh, we've gotten to be pretty close, uh, and uh, I, I've always been a fan since I was a kid when he was uh, me, you know, he was. Like, yeah, I mean, he always had the voice and the vibe. And then, of course, when he made the re- big resurgence in the 60s, um, and um, and uh, it's kind of interesting, you know, I always say you can never uh, rule anything out, and surprises happen along the way. Uh, but he reached out to me. He had seen videos, and he got some of my albums. And he's he's incredible. I mean, he's he's... He studies up. He does his research, and um, and he told me that a long, long time ago, when he was young and first in the studio, John Hammond Sr. brought him into uh, his office, and he said he had all these uh, pictures of the great blues artists, you know, and so forth on on the wall. And he told Dion, he said, "Man, I hear the blues in your voice." He says, I, I believe you could be a great blues singer someday. And so he's kind of circled all the way back to that. And so it's a very interesting perspective. And um, and he's he's having a great time. He's loving it. He's um, written all these great songs. And uh, I'm kind of his, uh, I kind of help him meet some other people, you know, and kind of hooked him up with others. It's been fun to be part of that process. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, you- Right, so in case you were wondering, um, I specifically left that as a bit of mystery because um, that was a uh, that was um, Sonny Landris talking about his his latest work with Dion. Now, if you're not familiar with Dion and the Belmonts, <laughs> run around Sue. You know that you, you need to be right. The guy is an icon from from all generations almost, and uh, Sonny Landris got the phone call. Now he was already a fan of Dion's which is mental and he said it was crazy because I got the phone call and um, for somebody to be a fan for it to go full circle it was quite a humbling experience and that the fact that he had got his albums and, and done his research and, and knew knew his ability and knew what he could bring and then now they're pals I mean I think that's amazing mm-hmm. I, I think that's cool as anything I mean I mean he is that good like Sonny Landreth I mean let's be honest if we're going to talk about it properly I mean Mark Broussard named him as the best now and has been for some mm-hmm. time slide player in the world, you know, and, and I would agree with him. I would agree with him. He's got this other thing going on, eh? Aye, absolutely. And uh, you will find out because you're going to hear Blues Attack. Um, we've got loads more wee clips for you as well, so don't be going anywhere. <laughs>
and I think your career has spanned so long and done so much stuff that slide guitarists are generally thought to not be able to do. Do you know what I mean? Well, I, I, I think, yeah, what you're getting at is really a good point. Um, you know, there was sort of a um, limited perspective about slide guitar for a long time. Yeah. And, um, and the one thing I've actually hoped to do along the way is to maybe break down some of those um, boundaries, you know, and those uh, that sort of prejudice perception about it. Because I always felt like because of the quality, uh, the vocal quality of slide guitar, which is in essence the thing that attracted me to it in the first place, and um, that that crosses over genres. So the potential for slide guitar to be um, a part of a lot of different types of music has always been there. And uh, so I'd like, I like to think that maybe some of my work has kind of opened the door in that regard and, uh, you know, and, and just sort of broaden the scope of it. Um, it's a universal language. Like it, there's the essence of that is something that, that all people relate to because at the core of it is it's it's a, like um, gra grace in the face of adversity. I always say, and and that's something that everyone relates to, and I think that's why it'll always be there. It'll always be relevant. It'll always be important. And uh, lots of different voices and styles and um, can be part of it. Um, and I mean, all the great jazz musicians show that. I mean, a lot of the, you know, the core of what they did with all those changes and all the freedom and improvisation that actually came out of the blues and yeah, um, yeah. so I think that that's a important lesson and it's it's also exciting you know to think that there's there's no real sky's the limit really and you Don't ask me to explain it I don't know what I'm doing 
train, you can drive your Cadillac, you can walk if you wanna, you can ride on the donkey's back, but you go into the river. That much I know is true. Don't ask me to explain it. That little details up to you. Uh, so that was Don't Ask Me, and you also heard Blues Attack and some words from the man himself. And yeah. we still have more to come. Yep, and I think I, I need to be very careful about what I'm saying now because obviously the time is running and I've got too much investment in this particular show. Um, I think, you know, you know I've, I've given... Can you actually, though? <laughs> I think I think every week we could just keep going. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, I'll tell you what, right, actually. Didn't bother with that one. Put on the one about Scotland. So we've got... Because... I, no. No. I wouldn't, well... Um, <laughs> no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. No, I'll let people pay for that. <laughs> no, yeah, no, because that's a good one, you know, and and like and, and they're all good, and I think it's we've already look, we asked him a lot, of, a lot of questions, and um, I tell you what though, see see the one you just put up there. Do you want to change it <coughs> for the SOS four? Because mm-hmm. that was the first question I asked that guy. Okay. Sorry, I'm not being bossy, sweetheart. I'm just I'm just saying <laughs> that you're doing it wrong. <laughs> if you're going to do it right. <coughs> Date right, don't date wrong, and then pretend you're doing it right. So, (laughs) (laughs) finished. (laughs) I almost like, right, are you going to start doing it right? Here we have Sunny Landreth. Right, but (laughs) anything you would like to tell people in Scotland when they hear you? Well, I I would like to say to anyone who's been listening to my music, uh, thank you, and and to to you, both of you as well. it means so much to me that that you actually care about it and have you know played my music on your show or and others who've heard it and, and uh, allowed me into their lives in that way. Um, that uh, honestly is a is a big part of what keeps me going at this stage of the game. And I think I realized when we took a break here um, past few years. I mean, I've, I've I've been on the road now for like. 49 years you know and uh, oh, wow. you know it's uh it's kind of a, i hadn't really th- every hadn't, i guess i hadn't stopped long enough to ponder that and uh but now that i have <laughs> so, well that's why i feel the way i do so um it, it's uh it's inspiring for me it keeps me going and uh, and i appreciate that and i hope to come there and play we i've been wanting to come there for the longest time i have other friends that have been there 
So let's stay in touch on that and maybe we can yeah, make that work down the line. Hey, so there we go. The man wants to be in Scotland and that's what matters to us. Um, the fact that he's, he's, he's not above, you know, being approachable and wanting to do stuff. Well, let's be honest, like, we, we've invited everybody to come and stay with us. <laughs> if they are Not all at once, obviously. <laughs> if they are choose to do it at the same time, <laughs> that will be fun. But um, I tell you, at least we've got some cool free holidays coming up. Mm. No, that's pretty cool. Uh-huh. I know. Well, I say free, I mean, we still need to get there, but I mean, we don't need to pay to stay there, I suppose. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. And plus, to stay with some of these people is going to be a humbling experience as well, to uh, think that we're going to get to live with. But it'll be like, you know, you know when... Uh, Muddy Waters and uh, Howlin' Wolf and, and all those guys came to Britain the first time and they, suppose, they stayed yeah. with their fans because they weren't getting paid uh, so there you go although yeah. it would be the other way around it would be their fans staying with them but <laughs> I suppose that would be a bit of both I think yeah. so listen um, let's get into the last uh, the last part of this show which is um, speaking to a guy who's uh, born and bred Louisiana um, New Orleans area um, invested a lot of his um, efforts in uh, helping people with uh, Hurricane Katrina but also invests still to this day a lot of his uh, music and time and expense into being a philanthropist in every in every aspect right so so I mean he is still doing um, a lot of a lot of music th- to benefit other people and just so you know, Right, and this isn't just a random pop star that um, we've just got on board to make our show good. This is somebody that we knew what was coming up because we're in the know, we're in the loop, you know. So if you want to know how we know this stuff, you need to hit us up and share our stuff and be be our fan. If you're not <laughs> gonna, if you're not gonna support us properly, then then we're not gonna give you privy. But <laughs> but by all means, like you'll see what I mean. So this guy, Mark Bassard has had 34 million views on his cover of Cry To Me, which is incredible, and I did tell him that even though it's a cover, it's still my favourite song he's done because it brings out his vocal ability. But also, his next album is going to be strictly a blues album, a swamp blues album, actually, and he admits as much. So let's hear him talk about it. Do you have plans this year in terms of, like, charity work? or? Yeah, actually, so we've, um, you know, we've, we launched uh, the SOS Foundation about a decade ago um, to put out SOS albums uh, to raise money for charity. So the very first charity record that we did was actually SOS 2. We raised money for homeless women and children. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we did SOS 3 uh, just a couple of years ago. Uh, that was a lullaby collection, and I wrote a children's book. It's somewhere around here. I wrote a children's book that uh, that coincided with it, and so we're raising money for a children's hospital in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Oh, brilliant! And, and then right now we're we're ramping up to go into the studio for SOS Four, which will be a blues album. Oh, fantastic! That's kind of yeah. my thing. Yeah, it'll be a blues album, and uh, and we're raising money for post-incarceration education. Seen a lot of people come through New Orleans Get down in the easy fall for change of scene Now the word is out all over 
this old town The big town party's coming We gon' throw on down Must be the water Mississippi River is alive Must be New Orleans Everybody jamming to the Creole Coming for and wide just to see the show It's rocking on the bayou So let everybody know I see the water Mississippi River is alive Down in New Orleans Boy, just a Any Bruce or if you come this way, must be the water. Mississippi River Kilbride. Must be New Orleans. More than just an alligator vibe. Must be the water. No, so this, the format that we usually go with with these covers albums, with the SOS albums, is to pick uh, um, basically like 10 covers and then write at least one or two songs uh, that we feel like can fit on that album. Oh, cool. And, uh, and so this ought, to be, this ought to be a real, real good time. <clears throat> I, um, 
I'm really looking forward to like digging into some of these blues arrangements, kind of ripping them apart, putting yeah. them back together. Um, there's some there's some real swampy blues that I've been wanting to do for a long, long time. So oh, I'm, ex I'm excited. You know? Mr. So. Mark Broussard there. Yep, that was your fangirl moment, wasn't it? I, he's, honestly, I discovered him a few years ago, and um, and I can't believe that <laughs> that I was sitting there. I, actually, I'd, I wouldn't go on the camera, however, but I was talking to him nonetheless. And um, that was um, Must Be The Water was the song, if you want to check it out. Did I not tell you that I would make it worthwhile <coughs> for you to invest in this radio show with me? Yes. Right, did that not prove it? Yes. Right, well, there you go. That's me. I can just go back to being me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so like, I'm not being funny. Like the guy is absolutely brand new. Um, I hope I hope he listens to this. Actually, I'm gonna you know I'm gonna make sure he gets a hold of it. But um, I, I also appreciate he's busy. So um, that's absolutely fine. Um, but he did say it, that he would like to chat to us again. Yeah, yeah, and I think coming out. yeah, I think um, I think we'll do a proper effort for him um, again. And um, it was humbling to to feel that that he valued our input to his career as much as we did to his. And, I, I, you know, that's what it's all about. Mm -hmm. There's no point in kidding ourselves on that um, that we're not blown away by it. But, I mean, at the same time, if anybody's worth their salt, you know, they'll also appreciate anybody trying to help them, regardless mm -hmm. of what they're able to help with or how much. The fact that somebody is putting herself out there to try and help you, and it is genuine for for us. I mean, we obviously are trying to do a, a conscious, positive effort for for musicians of this particular genre and for people who are good people. You know, yeah. you know that's the thing. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> it's it's sorry, the cat. my cat has been a nightmare. Like, um, me and Nina. Oh, get off the computer! Oh right, my God! So um, do I deal with the cat? Right. Look, let me deal with this, and you deal with the cat. We're going to hear from Mark Broussard again. Um, as a couple of clips here for you. Man, it's you know it's something that um, that I I, I just kind of came to logically because I, I was when I was on major labels for most of my career, the beginning of my career, um, I, I didn't have access to the dollars that were you know, the profit from the sale of my albums because of the way that the calculus works on yeah. a record deal. I just never, I never recouped. And so I never saw those dollars. And so thus I never came to rely on those dollars for my own family's needs. And so when I went independent and all of a sudden this revenue stream was going to be coming my way now, I decided that since I, I had never come to rely on it, that I could, I could postpone those rewards yeah, further sure. Um, and use that money, you know, to raise to to raise funds for people that really needed it. And uh, I, I I really didn't anticipate all of the wonderful things that would have come about uh, as a result of this program. Hey, you know, I'm very 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 proud to be from where I'm from, man. It's um, you know, my my history runs very very deep here. Um, my my ancestors were among the very first yeah, yeah. to make it into these into these waters. Uh, my grandparents were born on houseboats in those same waters that they that initial uh, that initial ship first landed. Um, there's really no place like it. I've been, you know, as you can guess, I've been 
lots of places on planet yeah, Earth. Absolutely. And uh, culturally, especially in the U.S., culturally, I don't, I don't think that there's anywhere like there you it. Go. Yeah. <laughs> Um, he did actually um, give us some amazing insight into what it's like, didn't he? Yeah, and yeah, especially again. the accents and everything else. Yeah. And you know, I think it's cool that he's um, talking about talking about the um, the whole the whole cultural and and you know, like you know, everything I said at the start. He's mm-hmm. kind of um, like bolstering by by telling the same thing, but from being part of it you know aye, mm-hmm. being, being, a, being an integral part of keeping what it is alive and I mean I think that song that we're going to play in a few moments it will actually pay homage to exactly that point yep um, so I'm going to just p- p- <laughs> I was going to say pop it on <laughs> and put you nearly got the wrong word there I'm going to just pop it on now Mardi Gras Mark Broussard so you know Mardi Gras does happen back in Louisiana I know you've got got some form of Mardi Gras Well 
go. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I was making a wee noise. So that was Mardi Gras? I was playing like Russian roulette with my voice while you worked in OBS. I see, I see, I see. Well, and then the dials, mm. knobs, whatever you want to call them, I don't want to get you in trouble. I mean, but the, to me they're knobs. Um, oh, that's what, aye, that's what um, um, So, anyway, aye, because they're not dials, they're not actual dials. So, anyway, that was um, that was our man there, Mark Vassar, his uh, second appearance on the show. We're yeah. going to have his final chat, mm-hmm. I believe, and then we're going to have one very, very special, meaningful song for... Um, not only the Trimay programme but for New Orleans in general I think the song is written from a really honest place I think it's very relevant to what the show's been about about the culture and about how, how it all um, how it all lived through everything mm-hmm. uh, and um, and the guy's one of the best songwriters on the planet in, in my opinion like Barnan Mr Steve Earle with this city yeah uh, so I hope you've enjoyed today's show you've heard from Mark Broussard you've heard from Sonny Landreth you've heard from uh, little Freddie King and you've also heard from the amazingly talented DK Harrell um, it's a goodbye from us and a goodbye yep. from Mark Broussard love all of y'all bye actually at the start of lockdown um, me personally uh, because I was you know I'm a musician as well so obviously all my gigs were flattened as well you know yeah. And and I had to, I actually did think at the start of lockdown that for once in my whole career as a musician that I'm the same level as everybody else. It doesn't matter if it's you know Queen or or the guy in the pub. We're all now the same. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, we're all trying to play you know to these cameras. Yeah, yeah. To we just want to get out and away. do what we do. And yeah, and I did take a lot of um, relief from being able to. To connect people across the world and and do some charity stuff myself and, and you know I, I thought it was really um, kind of you to come on and talk about stuff that you're doing because I think you do leave a positive mark in the world by doing that kind of thing you know do you know what I mean? Absolutely, brother. And that's kind of my only goal at this point in life. My 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 main goal in life is to lead a life um, that leads to more joy than it doesn't. Uh, for myself and for everybody around me, you know, and I think that that's the ultimate definition of success for me. This city won't wash away, this city won't ever drown. Blood and water and hell to pay Sky till open, pain rain down Doesn't matter to come one day I ever won't leave this town This city won't wash away This city won't ever drown Ain't the river all the wind to blame It's everybody around here knows Nothing holding back bunch of trains A full prayer and a promise is ghost We just count digging our graves And silent marble above the ground Maybe our bones will wash away This city won't ever drown
never die Just as long as the heart be strong Like a second line stepping high Raising hell as we roll along Gentility This city won't ever drown That America ain't no way I'm ever gonna leave this town This city won't wash away This city won't ever drown